0: good morning good afternoon and good evening to you all this is the business day spotlight your destination for african business made simple my name is muriwa Kavaza, and for today we're going to be talking about uh you know something uh that is uh, a bit unusual for us uh i'll be honest uh, we have uh you know been doing this for quite some time and the topic of death we've approached it from a number of different angles uh, but you know, for today we're going to be talking to um, you know to to Tabi Sila, uh, who is uh, chief operating officer um, and you know co-founder um, of uh, of uh, Send or the Send Off app, and uh, we're just going to be understanding a little bit about what they are doing, um, you know, on that front. Uh, I will be like I said, this is a bit unusual because usually we've tended to you know. To approach death from a in I think we've typically focused on it from an insurance um and uh, from an insurance point of view we've spoken about it from a death and benefits point of view we've also spoken about it from an estate planning you know point of view that's you know tended to be the realm uh, that we've uh, spoken about it but for today we'll understand uh, from uh, Tavisile you know how they um, you know are approaching it and also how uh, their platform goes Tavisile greetings to you today
1: Greetings to you, Madhu and thanks for having me today.
0: So the name of the app is literally the Send Off app, right? Um, I, I can see what you guys did there with the title, uh, but maybe you could give us some insight into the platform. You know what it, uh, what 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 you got, how you guys are approaching uh, the aspects of uh, of death. All right, thank you so much for that.
1: So Sandoff was essentially the brainchild of my co-founder. I am, if I'm able to say this on a podcast, I was just the midwife. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so um, he was, um, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm telling the story correctly, but um, I guess he will share on his social platforms if I made amendments to it. So he was watching a movie and uh, in that movie, the guy was trying to source for a casket and it was a headache. And in that moment, he remembered just how uh, recently he planned his cousin's funeral and was, and also went through the same thing. You know, the logistical headache of trying to arrange a funeral can be very hectic, especially because you are bereaved. You are not thinking straight, so it becomes a little bit hard to make sound decisions and also have the energy to go around chasing for codes, chasing for pricing around some of the products and services that are offered in this value chain. So it is from that aspect that we decided that, no, actually, we need to do something about it. And a little bit of background from my side is that um, in my high school years, I worked from our Home as well. And uh, that's where I gained some of my knowledge and the insight into the death care value chain. And um, in that being said, I was taken aback to say, actually, nothing has changed 20 years later. We need to do something because we don't have a client facing solution that allows a transaction from wherever you are. Um, you'd find that in most cases, if you are staying in Gauteng and you lose a loved one in uh, Limpopo, and you are now the responsible person in the family, they have to wait for you of which that uh, consumes time. We also understand that um, when you've lost a loved one, time is a very important aspect because it it speaks to claims, it speaks to death registrations, it speaks to you know having to arrange that funeral within a space of seven days and having to arrange it properly because um, the unfortunate thing about funerals is that uh, it's one thing that you cannot undo. So if it's done and it's not done in a way that you would have loved or preferred, you cannot do it. So that's why we saw an opportunity to help people do it right the very first time.
0: Mm, I see. Okay, cool. It, it certainly makes sense because there is a lot, um, you know, that is involved. Um When you look at, uh, you know, the death of a loved one, there's a lot that needs to be considered, a lot that needs to be put together, um, you know, and a lot of things that uh, need to be taken care of. I am curious to understand because I didn't, I did not know the the piece that, um, you know, you spent um some of your high, uh, some of your time in high school, you know, working in a funeral home. What was that like? Because you know, when when you think about the things that young people are doing, that I don't think that's a typical thing that a young person in South Africa is doing.
1: Uh, so what you'd find is that when you want to make an extra income, so how that came about is that uh, my sister was actually one of the drivers of the fleet uh, concerning the family cars. So she would then escort the family to the grave and from the grave back to their homes. And then she said to me, you know what, you're actually not doing anything as well with your time over the weekends. How about you join, you know, um, the line of work that I do? And I thought, yo, uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, uh, but what then would my job entail? And I was responsible for uh, handing out the beverages, cool beverages at the cemetery to, you know, the, 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 the families. And that's how it started. And from time to time, I'd go to the office just to find out a little bit more. And uh, also to, to, to declare, because I was young, I was not ready to go into, you know, the cold, the, the, the nursery side, the care facility. I'll just be at the office with the administration side.
0: Okay, yeah, it makes sense because the reason why I'm asking that is because um once again you it's always great to have different types of people that you talk to that you engage with um and one of the things that I've always been curious about is if you are operating um in that ecosystem, right, do you get desensitized by i guess the aspect of death or um does? Does it still, I guess, does it still affect you as much as it does? I guess it's similar to asking a doctor, right? Or someone who's in the health professions, you know, uh, something like that. Because for a lot of people, it is a sensitive issue. And also, yeah. that that also ties into, I guess, a number of the aspects that you are probably trying to help within your platform, right? The planning, the finances, all of that stuff that comes with uh, the passing of a loved one usually carries a lot of, you know, sensitivities, awkward rea- uh, awkward conversations, tough conversations, you know, all of that is involved. So, yeah, curious to get your sense, uh, you know, from that side because, um, you know, now that you have a platform and all that, um, i guess it's also a question about how do you then approach you know the people that you consider to be clients, the people that you consider to be users of the platform or or your customers
1: now uh, yeah you are correctly, you are correct in saying that absolutely, and I think um having mentioned that I worked in this industry at quite a young age, and over time, I started learning the importance of the jobs to be done and to change how the industry is perceived. And I was actually having a talk last week at a phenomenal um, master masterclass, And I said that, you know, there is so much uh, stigma around death care and people that are in the death care space because there's a big assumption to that we only engage with people when a death has occurred or, you know, that uh, thing of we are attracting death when we speak about death. But I think my whole narrative changed when I realized that essentially when you're in the death care village, one of the biggest jobs to be done is to be able to give that family, uh, that dignified send off for their loved ones. So the most important thing is to understand that number one, uh, we are very much unfortunate that we will never have a happy client coming to seek our services because they're not in a, in a happy space. So when you understand that, then it guides the service that you give to the family. You need to understand that you need to lead with care and empathy. And the languaging as well needs to change because the other thing is like I said, we need to destigmatize death care in a sense that it should be viewed as um as 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 a, um as a way of helping families and holding their hands and navigating through the loss of a loved one. We are not engaged in uh, pre-death or uh, helping that person to 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 transition, but all that we are here to do is to help the different families give their loved ones a dignified send-off. And also they care. And the reason why I spoke about the languaging is that um, you'd find that people would say um we are in a in a mortuary. It it doesn't necessarily sound too 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 humane. A mortuary is essentially a care facility because you are caring for their departed loved one. So when we start changing the languaging and educating people around what it is that we are doing and what it is that we are not doing. And I do understand that there's a lot of scrupulous behavior in this industry but it is up to us to change the narrative and to make the conversations easier and for people to really understand what it is that we are essentially doing not sure if i was able to 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 answer you correctly there
0: no uh, you you certainly did because uh, you know at the end of the day um i guess that then informs the type of uh, care that you're able to then give um you know to to your customers like we said there's a lot of sensitivity um you know that comes from there there's a couple of things that, you know, I'm hoping that we will be able to address, you know, during this conversation. Uh, we've already understood, you know, um, why the platform was started. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you yourself uh, have been familiar, um, you know, with the value chain from a young age. So as send off, right, um, which parts of the value chains are you guys um you know specifically uh where, which parts are you specifically working with like where do your services begin and end because there's a spectrum of things you know that that can be done that need to be done that should be done so where do you guys sort of begin and end uh you know as the send-off platform
1: so we were bold enough to cover the entire value chain <laughs> And what that means is that uh, we realize that uh, funerals, the big aspect about funerals is finances, uh, because if you don't have the right coverage, then it affects the kind of send off that you want. Right. So when I speak about finances on the platform, you're able to shop for funeral cover products, which then allows you, number one, to see how much is actually arranged in a funeral. Because what you realize is that uh, some people are undercovered, some people are overcovered because they don't really understand how much is it to arrange for a funeral. So on the app, we actually do have pricing of the different packages. So you then begin to have a look of the different packages of the send-off packages, and then you go back to taking up a cover that appropriately addresses the type of send-off that you want. Because that was one link that was missing on the value chain. Number two. We are then able to do the core of our business, which is the funeral arrangements. With the funeral arrangements, we help you from um, moving the care of your loved one from a hospital to the private facility or from your home to the private facility, which would be known as the mortuary. But like I said, in Fixing Our Languages, we consider it as a private care facility. Uh, and from there, then we sit and consult with the family. You tell us what are your requirements, how do you envision the send-off? And what is your budget? And then we try to find packages that speaks to exactly what it is that you want. That, and then after, you know, the funeral has happened, and then now we speak to things like, um, the estate distribution part of it. Because on the app, we also have deceased estate lawyers, which are able to assist you to pre plan and also, um, post the funeral, you're able to administer that estate. And we also have services like, uh, private cemeteries. Um, because what we're finding is that people have developed a huge uh, appetite for private symmetries because considering as well how our public uh, symmetries look like and um, we also have things like catering and the reason behind that was to say we don't want our customer to come to the app and think this is the one-stop shop place where I feel like it's convenient to arrange a funeral and then move because there is no product or services that still um, is involved in the kind of send-off that they wanted. For example, um, you've got uh, basket services, like I said, flowers. We've got transportation. We've got uh, livestock, which is quite a huge thing in the African community. So we didn't want you to come and just arrange the funeral, know that uh, the, the care aspect of it is sorted. But also, where do you find the deco? Where do you find um, the, the the livestock? So we actually wanted a customer to have a full easy experience
0: of finding anything around death care okay uh it certainly makes sense from that point of view because you know when you said we are doing the whole value chain uh yeah there i was like okay cool what 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 is she about to say uh but it does sound you know quite comprehensive where do people get things wrong You know, from where you are, what you call this, from your vantage point. And when I say get things wrong, I mean, where are the traps? I think earlier on, you mentioned the fact that in certain cases, um, just from an insurance point of view, some people are underinsured, some people are overinsured. What other examples are there of traps that people are falling, are typically falling into?
1: So, number one, I was reading an article about three months ago from MoneyWeb, and they were talking about the fact that. uh, there is some sort of disconnect between a product expectation and the perceived value of the products that people are buying. And I found that to be very true because, number one, a lot of policyholders, and I mean policy policyholders, don't actually know what are their policy limitations. They don't know those clauses. And the tricky part about buying an insurance product is that the moment that sale is concluded over the telephone and you say yes, when you get your policy documents people don't actually realize that that is essentially a contract between you and the insurer. And you have cool-off period to read the contract, go through it, and see if you do agree. And if you do agree, you proceed. But if you don't, then you have the opportunity to cancel that coverage. So a lot of people buy uh, funeral insurances and they actually have no idea what they buy. And also they don't do their market research in terms of am I buying appropriate cover? Like I did mention, a lot of people are really undercovered or overcovered and I spoke about this if you expect that you'll find a person that has five funeral covers. I refuse to believe that one person needs about five funeral covers. What are you doing with five funeral covers? You just need to get that one cover that covers you appropriately, and I understand that some of the viewers would say no, but we have extended family members which we still need to cover and uh, my view to that is that that's fine. Maybe at max you can have two, but find the appropriate cover. Don't go and overcover yourself because you don't understand what are the jobs to be done and what is required. And then the second aspect of it is the fact that um, people just select whichever funeral home. They don't do their checks in terms of are these people compliant and over and above that um, because they do pay premiums. So one of the things that uh, we found in the market is that people do pay premiums and some of those funeral homes are not underwritten by anyone. At the time where they need to claim, now they're given the runaround, or you find that where there was a funeral home, now there's a school. It's it's not there anymore. So people really need to do their due diligence when they're spending their money on the value chain. And also um, their families also need to start engaging in these conversations. Because even with the issue of overcoverage, it's because we don't talk about it. You find that as siblings, uh, we all cover our mom with the same insurer, with the same underwriter, not understanding that there's actually a threshold. And whoever gets to claim first, if they claim that max threshold, then the rest of the family cannot come to claim because they've reached that, um, that threshold on that life, on that one life that is insured.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a lot of, um, you know, education that's there. And I've heard that, uh, you know, I send-off that there's a podcast that that's you know as part of uh, you know what you guys are doing are these some of the things that are that are being spoken about because i can imagine that there's probably a huge education piece um you know try, uh, making people understand all of those different various aspects in the value chain and you know what's appropriate not appropriate you know overcover undercover and you know compliance issues all of that um is that what's happening uh, I, once again i've been in the podcasting space for a long time we have over 500 episodes of this particular podcast and this would be the first um i guess death specific you know platform like that that uh, you know that i've encountered so you know curious to understand you know what it is what type of topics that you guys are covering there
1: no absolutely so how uh, Death Talk with Tabby or Babesuit Death Key came about is the fact that when we came into the market, uh, these were some of our findings that um, actually people don't need more coverage. They need more education. When you, when you are selling a product to a person, make sure that that person understands what it is exactly that they're buying. Because some of these things have huge implications, not just for the buyer, but for the family that's left behind. And to, to, to set an example around that is some people buy life covers. And I did say before that they don't understand the exclusions, right? And life cover is underwritten. And it goes so, so much policy. And you buy that life cover expecting that in the event of your passing, then your kids will be taken care of and, um, that your family will be taken care of. But now, if you then take that product, but you don't uh, understand what the exclusions are, And it becomes unfortunate that you actually um, tick one of the boxes which comes as part of the exclusions. Then that life cover is not going to be paid out. Now there's an entire generation that is affected by the fact that you did not understand what you were reading. Because now the kids are there left um, without the money. And you have now transitioned and you can't come back from the grave and fix some of those mistakes. Um, so yes, uh, Babes Dead K is really around that. And one of the things that I was finding and I used plat- uh, to talk as a platform is the fact that, uh, as you said, it's not a very comfortable conversation for people to have, but within that, um, process of people not wanting to speak about it, there are certain elements that they do want to speak about that you can actually hop on to say, okay, you've spoken about this. Let me maybe try to target it from that angle because these conversations are happening. Um, for an example, my grandmother used to say this quite a lot. She would say, uh, if I die, this is what I want to happen. If I die, this is what I want to happen. But it was not a normal setting where you'd actually sit down and say, okay, let's discuss this. So you are, you are telling me your end-of-life wishes. Let me note them down. Let's formalize it because sometimes you speak about things. You don't uh, formalize it in terms of your will. And the unfortunate part is when you pass on, what you said on a verbal, on a verbal conversation cannot hold. Particularly where the where where the law is involved, and certain different laws would come into place, like the law in interstate, as well as if you did leave a will, uh, then of course your will would be recorded. So the, the 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 one thing that we are trying to do on this podcast is to bring a holistic approach to make people realize that. How you live, how you conduct yourself has a huge impact on how you leave things. And unfortunately, when you're gone, you cannot come back and fix all of those things. It is your family now that is left in chaos and try to navigate in how do they best, um, you know, uh, remedy the situation. And in most cases, it ends up in court and it then leaves the court to, to decide, even if you had wishes, they might not even materialize the way you wanted them to be. Because guess what? You did not have a will. Now the law would have to decide on your behalf.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting issues uh, that, uh, you know, do need to be tackled and very necessary ones, um, you know, if we're going to approach it, um, you know, from that point of view. Now, before we let you go, um, Tabi, we are a finance platform, so one of the things that uh you know maybe where we can end off is the fact that we've we've sort of characterized the fact that uh you know there is a depth value chain there are various aspects you know and you guys have decided that you're going to cover all of them as a platform um that are there so it's two things firstly um in a typical sense right what a, what is a person in for, um, you know, when doing a send-off, right? And I'm just going to characterize it, you know, using, let's say, a public cemetery because I think the it, that would be the typical case, right? Um, and, yeah, I think let me start there and then I will move on to the last one just now. Like, in terms of typical costs, I will start by saying that I have heard that you know you're typically looking at between fifty and a hundred thousand rand, right? Uh, that's the numbers that I've heard. You can correct me and tell me whether I've heard correctly or whether I'm 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 off.
1: Um, so with the send-off, you uh, well, there are quite cheaper packages in terms of. Uh, are we talking about the cemetery or just the the funeral itself?
0: Yes, the funeral itself.
1: So yes, the basic basic package would be something around fifteen thousand. And you are correct, up to hundred thousand or even more, depending on what the family wants. And in terms of the public graves, it could be anything from um two thousand five hundred, two thousand seven hundred up to six thousand. Um, and in terms of the private uh, graves, it could be anything from 13,000 to depending on the number of people that you want. Because some people want to be in the same space as the as the entire family. So you need a burial plot. And that would be something close to around three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand, 350,000, depending on the number of members.
0: All right. And then the other piece, you know, which then, you know, w- we moved the numbers up is... As an industry, how big is this value chain? Do we have any numbers of what, what that looks like on a national level?
1: So there was a research that was done around 2019, and the industry was sitting at about $10 billion in terms of revenue, including the insurance space, the burial space, uh, just the entire death care value chain. But that excludes, of course, the are societies because some of them remember they're not into the formal banking system. So and that's okay, quite a cool. huge thing in the townships. So the number might even skyrocket to about 15 pounds.
0: Yeah, true. And how long have uh, how long has uh send-off been in business for?
1: So next year we are turning three years old. We launched in 2021 and um yeah, we're still going.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Lastly, um, because we now understand, you know, what it is that's happening when it comes to the platform, the future, for me, it's a a future-looking question to say, as send-off, what else are you looking to attack or to change? Um, You've already spoken about the fact that education is a huge focus for you guys. Um, You know, to actually change the way that people approach, um, you know, the death care value chain, you know, uh, approach it with a little bit, you know, a little bit more tact, a little bit more wisdom about the types of products that people are buying. But outside of the education piece, what else are you looking to either impact, to change, have a positive effect on, you know, whatever it is that you guys are hoping to have an impact on in that value chain?
1: So from a business perspective, we want to become the world's most trust, trusted death care solution. And from a a, a positive impact uh, on the society, we want to destigmatize death. We want people to have and engage in these normal conversations simply because we've seen the implications. And I mean, some of us... Um, do watch Abu Mama Zala on my 5-7. We do watch Abu Ifalam. You know, there's that house in the township that has been fought for, for almost four generations now. And it really doesn't make sense. So we are really trying to change how people perceive death care and also trying to foster for those um, healthy conversations. I'm not even sure if it's a good thing to put healthy and death in the same space. Uh, but to foster for those healthy conversations where families are able to plan properly And where we will not have more street kids because estate planning was not done properly.
0: All right. So that's how we end off. It has been, you know, a really um, insightful conversation um, with uh, uh, Tarisile about uh, what's going on in the death care industry. Um, They have a platform. It's called uh, Send Off. And they have decided that they're going to have, you know, every single part of uh, that value chain, you know, as part of their offering. Um, You heard her saying that uh, they're looking to be the world's most trusted, um, you know, death care solution solution uh, but in making all of that happen she says that you know a big part is just educating people about what uh, actually needs to happen or what can be done better uh, when uh, doing a send-off for a loved one uh, some of the intricacies around insurance even um, intricacies around where to bury you know how to bury um, also at the same time estate planning you know that type of thing they've decided that they're going to you know have all of that you know as part of uh as part of their platform very interesting to hear the fact that um there is still a lot of sensitivity, you know, around the topic, and uh, she says that uh, you know, destigmatizing, um, you know, work in the death care industry is, you know, one of their missions, and also at the same time, making that, making sure that some of these conversations become more normalized, so that people actually know what's going on, um, you know, when that unfortunate time, you know, does come to pass. 10 or so billion, I think we're just going to stretch it and say that, you know, a 10 to 20 billion uh, rand type of industry because, you know, she does mention the fact that, you know, some research was done, um, you know, a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, there are parts of uh, the industry, like anything else in South Africa, you know, that is either informalized or hasn't been captured in the numbers. I think the other day I was, it was very interesting to hear that, um um is it haircuts haircuts and salons in south africa i think we got uh you know an interesting number the other day that that is a roughly an 18 billion rand industry in south africa yes i was (laughs) the same look that you have on your face i had it uh, i had it as well i think we heard that stock uh you know account for around 44 billion and uh, mooty guys the mooty trade 18 billion rand. Um, so there's all of these, you know, different aspects of the economy that are out there, um, you know, that people could be servicing, that people could be making better. Uh, but you do need to have a little bit of courage to step into uh, what is, um, you know, into some of these spaces and make sure that, you know, you add your bit, you know, to improve it. So that's been it. It has been a really great one. Thank you so much. We were in a conversation with Tabisilaceta uh, who is uh, the co-founder and chief operating officer of Send Off App. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Mori. Thank you for having me.
0: pocket costs or wherever you choose to get your pods costed i've been with gavaza of the business day and financial mail and this has been another edition of the business day spotlight which is a multimedia live production so for myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning